You are listening to a sermon from Jubilee Church in St. Louis. Throughout the month of February, we are celebrating 20 years of community, love, and purpose. If you would like more information about Jubilee Church, please visit our website at jubileestl.org. Well, this is coming to the end of the 20th celebration. I guess there's some of you now that know that video presentation off by heart um, because you've been watching it and it's kind of coming to an end. But I'm just so grateful to be here and so grateful to play a, a small part in uh, considering what it is to have had 20 years of existence. There's probably a whole crowd of you that were definitely not here 20 years ago when this church actually began. I actually happened to be around when this church was starting. And um, I have to say to you, um, I have a question, how on earth did we get from where we were 20 years ago to where we are here today? And the reason I mention that is because I can remember how vulnerable this little group of people in St. Louis really were And how in the early days, a little bit like a mother giving birth to a child, it was kind of a little bit like this. And uh, some of the lead up to to the labor and after that was a bit kind of like touch and go. Uh, There are one or two of you around that know what I'm talking about. And it's good for you to know 20 years later that we're now in the benefit of so many, many things. But actually at that particular moment... It was kind of like, is this church really going to make it? Is this church? So I, I'm, I'm really interested in the fact that I can remember it being like that, so vulnerable, touch and go. I mean, it was a little bit like your recent Super Bowl, if I might be so brave, you know. The Patriots are out. They are not going to win this game. And it had that kind of feeling, well, we're here and we're in St. Louis, but we've got dreams and vision. This is what we want God to do, but... Is it really going to make it? And now I'm here this weekend with hundreds of people in different venues. And how did that happen? How on earth did this vulnerable, small, insignificant, kind of not quite knowing what we're doing people, that 20 years later we've got a vibrant community that's missional and growing and outward looking and seeing great things happen. How do we get from there to here. I wonder what you think the answer to that is. Can I just assure you, because I know the leaders of this church, it wasn't because of them. <laughs> this church has not got to where it is today just because of skill or numbers or because of hard graft and hard work. Maybe that's the way we got here. A group of people just kept, you know, pioneering. And there's truth in all those things, but I don't actually believe the reason that we're here like we are today is because of those issues. And this is an important question because we've got the next 20 years to think about. So it's a kind of funny thing. You're celebrating 20 years, not nostalgically, but very grateful to God. But are there principles that got us to where we are today? that we know the same reason as to where we are today will be the same reason we'll be in 20 years' time or 40 years' time, where however long God has for us to be reaching this fantastic city. The answer to the question is a very simple but a very profound thing, and it's this. God, in his very nature, is a God who loves to carry 
his people. The reason this vulnerable group of people 20 years ago, not knowing what was going to happen, are now here today, is because for 20 years, God has picked you up and carried you. And carried you and carried you to this place. And then God is the one who's going to then carry you. The same God who carried you these 20 years will be the same God that will carry us into the next part of our adventure together. And personally, I believe that every Christian and every church community needs to actually feel the carrying arms of God underneath us. It's not just a theological statement, though it is theologically true. But we need to know the reality. It's like feeling the wind in your sails as the boat goes out of the harbor. It's like There's a tangible experience that we need to have of God literally carrying us. This is our God. He is a living God. And because he is a living God, he is a God who speaks and breathes and heals and empowers. Some of us have experienced that over this weekend. He's a God who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. He's a God who carries us. Why? Because he's a living God. And so he has the power and ability to lift us up and carry us through whatever life throws at us and continue with us. Do you know what? There's an amazing amount of verses in scripture that declare this. But just feast your eyes on some of these for a moment. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 30. I think they're going to come up behind me. There we go. The Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight for you, just as he did in Egypt before your eyes and in the wilderness, where you have seen how the Lord your God carried you. As a man carries his son, I reckon there's some men around here that have probably carried their sons and their daughters And God has carried you as a man carries his son all the way that you went until you came to this place. Isaiah chapter 46 verse 3. Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all the remnants of the house of Israel who have become, who have been born by me from your birth. That's true 20 years ago for Jubilee Church. Carried from the womb. Even to your old age, I am he, and to gray hairs, I will carry you. I've got gray hairs. Can you see that? I'm proud to be gray. I don't know whether it's true in your society, but it's true in my nation. Old age is something that's not honored, something that's pushed aside. There's a fear about getting old. There's a Fear about it, what it means for your future. I know there's lots of you that are young people. You don't think you're ever going to get old or go gray. How in denial can you be? <laughs> but when I read verses like this, it's just amazing. This God who's carried me from birth will carry me through my life. And rather than fearing old age, and rather than being despised because you're older, this God will carry me. He will never drop me. He will keep on carrying me throughout my life. Isaiah 63 verse 9. 
in all their affliction, he was afflicted. I just love this concept of God identifying with us. Every affliction we go through, he understands. He's been afflicted. And the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. Isn't this exciting? This is a God who has promised to carry us. The Lord, it says in Psalm 28, verse 8, the Lord is the strength of his people. He is their saving refuge of his anointed. Save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. It's very interesting to me that When you look, particularly in the Old Testament, God actually sometimes mocks the nations of the world because they made idols and they worship what they made. And God compares himself to them as this living God. And one of the things he says constantly, you can read it in Jeremiah 10, you can read it in Isaiah 40, where God says to them, look, you make these idols. And the one thing you have to do with all these idols is to carry them. He says... Build them so that they might not totter and fall over. And God is mocking them because he's saying, your gods have to be carried. I am a God who doesn't have to be carried. Because I am a God who will carry you. Because these idols are dead and I am the living God. We never get to carry God. We never need to carry God. He's the one who carries us. It gets better. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 27. I love this. The eternal God is your dwelling place. And underneath are the everlasting arms. Notice the word everlasting. How come you've been carried Jubilee Church for 20 years? Because God has arms that are everlasting. And the word everlasting is a complete contrast to you and me. We're not everlasting. We're here just for a moment then we're gone. The word of God declares things like, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Isaiah 40 says, have you not heard? The everlasting God, he doesn't get weary. He doesn't get tired. And this word, this sense of underneath us are the everlasting arms that never get tired. Uh, So important. So I have four kids and when we raising our kids one of the things we'd love to do is go and walk as a family we have places in the UK that are really beautiful and they're just places of mountains and lakes and you just walk and walk and walk and walk and uh, children can start well and they start walking and you're walking with them but any moment you know that one of them is going to start whining I can't go any further how far are we going? And at that point, I would kind of lie and say, oh, it's just around the corner knowing there's another three miles to go. <laughs> Come on, kids, you'll be fine. It's all right. You'll make it in the end. But eventually, because you're a compassionate parent, you think, well, they are only two and a half. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it is a mountain. <laughs> so you pick the child up. I mean, these days, you know, not so much in my day, but these days you have all these amazing contraptions where you can put kids and they can see for miles over I just still think the piggyback or the on your shoulders is the best place to be. And so you pick your child up, you put them on your shoulders, and you begin to carry them. And you carry them and carry them. Now, here's the problem. In the end, the parent begins to get tired. And the parent begins to get exhausted. 
And there comes that moment where you cannot carry your children anymore and you just have to take them off. You don't exactly drop them, but you take them off and you put them down and you say to them, well, I can't go any further. You're just going to have to go on. The amazing thing about God is this. He will never do that. In fact, the quicker you can get on his shoulders, the better. And know this, that the everlasting arms of God will never drop you individually or as a church community. God never does this. He always will carry us. He has done that for you as a church for 20 years. He'll do it for the next 20 years. And this is good news for you as Jubilee Church. How did you get from there to here? The God who carries is carrying you. And do you know what? He's never going to drop you. I'm absolutely guaranteed success in terms of the next 20, 30 years. Not because of us, but because of him. This is really good news for Jubilee Church to know that you have the everlasting arms around you and underneath you. This is good news for the elders of this church. I cannot tell you what a relief it is to know that I am not carrying this church and that your elders are not the ones who are carrying you. They're assisting you. They may even be kind of helping you to get raised up, but they don't carry you. And it's amazing how that is such a pressure that immediately gets off your shoulders. This is not on the hands, on 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 the shoulders of men. It's on the arms and the shoulders of a living God. So I've led a church in London for 38 years, and two years ago, I handed it over to a guy who's 32 called James, who's been full-time with us for seven years. He did the children, he did the youth, he became an elder, and now I've handed over the church to him. He's now the lead elder of our church. We had a moment in the, in the meeting with great rejoicing, where people were really glad that we were getting rid of the old guy, and the new guy was coming in. But here's the deal, if I'm really honest with you, I didn't really hand the church over to him because I was never carrying it in the first place. And he's now the lead elder, but he's not really carrying it because beyond us, we've just last year celebrated our 40th year of 1976 is when we came to existence. And it's kind of like I've never really carried it all those years. God has, and God will carry it into the future rather than just individuals. So very quickly, I want to touch on three areas where I think it's applicable to us in terms of God carrying us. The first is this, very simply. He carries you. He carries you as an individual. From the beginning to the end of your Christian life, he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the author and the perfecter. He is the beginning and the end, which means he's the sustainer of everything all the way through, every minute of every day. The Apostle Paul in Philippians 1 verse 6 makes this amazing statement. I am confident that he who began a good work in me will bring it to completion. It's not up to me as a Christian to try the hardest to keep this thing up. It is actually understanding that he who began is the one who will complete. I'm in his hands He's the one who is doing this. And in scripture, you just see constantly this, this amazing detailed attention to us as individual followers of Jesus. You think of all the teaching that Jesus gives in the Gospels and the Sermon on the Mount and phrases like if a sparrow falls to the ground, 
your heavenly father knows about it. How much more does he know about you? How much more will your heavenly father provide for you? He is not a distant God. He's a heavenly father who carries you through your life and knows everything you face, every difficulty you face, everything that, that is a problem or an anxiety to you. He's the one who carries you. And he's the one who says this, I will never leave you. I will never, ever forsake you. Everything you face for the rest of your life, your heavenly father can carry you and knows every detail. Some of you need to look happy. This is good news that I'm not stumbling through life you win some, you lose some, you know, you get good days and bad days. Da, 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 da. Listen, you've got a God who's for you and cares for you and even knows now what's going to happen before you even get there. Well, I don't know about you, but I praise God for that because I think it's an amazing thing. I said earlier, didn't I, that I, f- I felt that God wanted us to not only know that he's a God who carries us, but actually experience what that means. And I think there are two things in our lives that can prevent us from experiencing this carrying God. I'm talking still about us as individuals. The first is this. We can live independent lives from God. We can decide that we will carry our own burdens. That we won't bother God. That we can do this on our own and in our own strength. And these are the Christians who very rarely experience The carrying arms of God because we're carrying ourselves. And God is not going to kind of rush in if you think you can do this. And God is one who's longing to carry us. But if we live independently of him. But what happens to Christians when they live independently of God is they start carrying burdens that were never meant to carry. And in the end you get exhausted. And in the end you get depressed. And in the end you get overwhelmed with life. The Bible says amazing things like this. Psalm um, 55 verse 22. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. 1 Peter 5 says, cast all your anxieties upon God for he cares for you. And my encouragement to Christians trying to live their lives in their own strength is that his shoulders are bigger than yours. And when you cast your burdens upon his shoulders, it doesn't mean your problems disappear. It just means that someone else is carrying them on your behalf, which is wonderful news. Please don't live independently of God. Learn how to cast your burdens upon him because he cares for you. If you've been with us over this weekend looking at the Holy Spirit, you would have discovered, hopefully, that he is the helper. And we've come to a place where we depend upon him for everything. And the second way sometimes that we don't experience this carrying of God is this. Some Christians build what I call a very safe life. Where everything is very predictable. Everything is worked out. Everything is known very diligently trying to make sure everything is in place. Christians like that very rarely feel and experience the everlasting arms of God around them because it's just safe when do you need your dad to carry you when you can't do it anymore when do you feel the carrying arms of God when you're weak and you admit it 
when you know the carrying arms of God around you, when you get out of your comfort zone and you go, oh my goodness, I don't know what this is like. And there you feel God's arms carrying you into the, the unknown before you. I'd love to live there all the time. In that constant adventure of knowing my Heavenly Father. Where a child does stupid things like jumps from a height. And the parent will catch you, you hope. Because of their love for you. They'll never drop you. That comes from knowing the caring, carrying God in your life. Here's the second thing. This might surprise you to know this, but it's so important. God carries this world. He not only carries you, but he carries this very planet. This planet only exists because of him. And this planet right now, this world, the nations of this world, everything happening in this world, isn't in utter confusion because there is a God who is sovereign and ruling and reigning and he is the one whose everlasting arms are under this world. In fact, underneath the whole universe. I don't think many of us enjoyed 2016 very much on the world map. It was one of the most weirdest years. There's so many people in the world today that are shaken. The Bible actually talks about this. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. One of the reasons everything's shaken is that people will start asking questions. Like, where can I put my foot that doesn't move? Well, there doesn't seem to be hardly anywhere. Politically, governments. It's been a very strange year. I live in a country that's decided to leave a continent. I mean, that is weird. <laughs> oh, we're part of you? Oh, no, we're not part of you. We live in a world where we watch, you know, even your nation, and it's all a bit, what on earth is going on? And you can fall into the trap of thinking, this is all out of control. No one knows what's really happening. It's very scary. He carries this world, just like he carries you. He carries the nations of the world. And do you know what? He carries the United States. He, he actually carries your nation. Sometimes people today, particularly in a world that's secular, we don't believe in God very much, they talk about things like, we are responsible for our planet. Now, there's some truth in that. We are human beings. We've been given kind of responsibility. But these people are not thinking about God. They're thinking about this planet, us, we. We are responsible for this planet. As if it's ours. In fact, let's talk about our planet. It's not your planet. No man holds this planet in his hands. We weren't there when it was created. We weren't there when the universe was created. It's not ours. God says this in his words, Psalm 24. God declares that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and all those who dwell therein, for he's founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. It's not our planet, it's God's planet. The earth is the Lord's, it belongs to him. And when everything is being shaken all around us and it's very disturbing, it doesn't mean that God has become distant. I love the fact that I wake up every morning and know that this universe is in the hands of God. And no one's going to take it from him. While we sleep at night, the universe continues because God holds it together. Some of you don't believe that. You think the universe is dependent upon you. And you get worried and anxious. 
and don't sleep at night in case something goes wrong. Look at this amazing declaration in Colossians 1.15. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and earth and on earth. Visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Look at this, verse 17. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Our confidence that God is in control of everything is that he's the God who holds it all together and sustains it. Governments come and governments go. Presidents come and presidents go. But our God remains the same. Nations rise up and then they drop away. Because Jesus is the one, the Bible says, that holds the whole thing together. If I can put it like this very quickly, no Jesus, no universe. If he walks away from this universe, it will not continue. Everything will fall apart. He is the one who's in control. It's an amazing truth. He's carrying this planet. He's carrying you. He's carrying this planet. And the third and final thing is this. He's carrying the church. He's carrying the church universally, which is his bride. I don't know if anyone does this anymore, but kind of like when you get married, you carry your bride across the threshold. Did anybody do that when they got married? One, two, three. Put your hands up. There's some wife thinking, my husband didn't do that for me. What's going on? I've been really missing out here. Have you ever realized that Jesus has the church as his bride and he is carrying her and he will literally carry her through this world and across the threshold into eternal life. The Bible talks about a marriage that will go on for eternity and you and I are part of this and this is where I want to kind of draw things in so Jubilee Church is part of the worldwide church of Jesus Christ but you're a local church in this place with all the other wonderful local churches that are around here as well but we're talking about Jubilee 20 years he carries you that same passage Colossians chapter 1 where it speaks there in verse 16 about all things are held together in him. Verse 17, all things are held together in him. And then the next verse, verse 18 says, and he's the head of the church, the body of the church. He's the beginning of the firstborn from the dead that he might have the preeminence in everything. And you have to see Paul's thinking. He's going, this is Jesus. He is the head of the universe. He holds the whole thing together. If he was to walk away from the universe, the whole thing will fall apart. And he is the head of the church. Jesus, who's the head of the universe, is the head of the church. If he walks away from the universe, it falls apart. Guess what? If he walks away from the church, the whole thing disintegrates. This is not in the hands of man. Church isn't a man-made thing. It's a God-ordained thing. And Jesus is the one who is building his church. How do we know that he is going to hold the church together? How do we know that the next 20 years of Jubilee's existence are going to be guaranteed as much as it has up until now. It's simply this. When Jesus rose from the dead, the Bible says he ascended and he sat down at the right hand of the Father on high. 
And when he sat down at the right hand of the Father, it signifies for everybody that the outcome of everything that's ever going to happen for the rest of time is absolutely dealt with once and for all. He sat down because the job he'd come to do is finished. He sat down because he's declaring to the nations of the world that what I have promised will come to pass. Because he's far above now, sat down at the right hand of the Father, All principalities, all powers, all rulers, all authorities in heaven and earth. Nothing can take him from that seat of being sat down at the right hand authority of God. Hallelujah. I mean, it's important doctrine to assure us that he will carry us. I don't know how many of you are into athletics. um, But uh, we have in our country the, the greatest middle distance runner that's ever existed. His name's Mo Farah. And in the 2012 and 2016 Olympic Games, can you believe this? He won gold twice in the first and the same ones in the second. It's phenomenal. And I remember in 2012 in the Olympic Games in London, watching him come around the corner. And I don't know why, but it just made me think about Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father. Just stay with me. It'll all come together in a moment. (laughs) Because when someone sits down, you can sit down two ways. One way is to sit down passively. I've been at the Lanthamans. He's got some great chairs where you pull levers up and you just kind of lie back. And the whole point of this is I'm passive. And sometimes I think we can think of sitting down. Oh, Jesus has sat down at the right hand of the Father. So he's kind of lounging back. And it's all up to you now, guys. Hope you get all right. See you at the end. I've done my bit, now it's over to you. It couldn't be further from the truth. And I remember when Mo Farah came around the corner of the 15,000 or whatever it was, 10,000 meters, I mean, just about, he came around the corner, the final bend, and there was still some guys right behind him. <laughs> and he came around and I thought, he could win this. And so I'm sitting down in front of my TV, and I'm not passive, I'm leaning forward towards the television in fact what's coming out Mo come on you can do this you can do this and he comes around a bend and he starts to leave some guys and then they come back and they're going to catch you and then he goes somehow he gets the power to go through and I tell you the whole of the of Great Britain was just leaning into what was going we were screaming at the television set you know Mo Farah didn't win the gold we did as a nation (laughs) we lifted him up We carried him across the line because everyone was involved. Jesus has sat down at the right hand of the Father. But he is not passive. He is winning us on. He's saying, come on, church. Good 20 years. But actually, what we're really interested in is the next 20 years. And you can make it. And he's winning us on. The the Bible talks about this Jesus now resurrected and ascended as the one who ever lives to intercede for us. The one who fills us with his presence. The one who adds to his church. The one who unites his church. It's through the church that the kingdom of God advances. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The next 20 years is assured for Jubilee Church. Because the God of the universe is carrying you. And he sat down at the right hand of the Father on high. And there's more battles that are going to come. If you as a a church are going to advance 
in the way that you are advancing, you're going to hit some more battles. Yes, this church started with a few battles in the early days. There's a lot more battles yet to come. But the same God who fought those battles for us will surely fight the battles in the future. And I want to close by saying this. I think that you and I should be able to give ourselves to the future of this community. If you're a member here or you're wondering about joining for the rest of its existence, simply because of this, this you are investing in something which is guaranteed to, to succeed. It's a wise investment. A wise investment is when you pour your time, your energy, yes, even your money and, and, and your lives into something which is guaranteed to win. Because Jesus is the one who's carrying this thing. Some of us come from backgrounds where church hasn't been all joy and fun. Some of us come from backgrounds where the church has actually not been a safe place for us. For all kinds of different reasons. You know what they are for you. So what you end up with is a whole lot of Christians who really do love Jesus, but they're very nervous when it comes to committing themselves to local church. Because if I do, what will happen can I lovingly say to you, you have to get to a place where you can't live there for the rest of your life. I've, I've got so many friends, Christians I know in London, that, that do love the Lord, they really do, but they won't commit themselves to local church. And they have no idea how much they're living out, they're missing out on. And it's fundamentally because they're nervous. Here's the good news, it's Jesus that's carrying his church. And you can get over the, your past and draw a line under it. It's a faith step. But we're just trying to assure you, get yourself into a church where you know that the leaders of that church know that they're not the ones who are carrying this and building it. In fact, their whole instruction is to point you to the one who is. And their whole lives are about knowing it is God who is carrying us.